Hello everyone, Maayang Adlao. Welcome back to Philippine X and Wellness. In our last episode, we spoke with Kalayaan Mendoza of Nonviolence Peace Force for Pride Month. Check it out if you have a chance. There was a lot of passion and advocacy expressed for community safety in that last one. Our opening and closing track for season two is Help Me by Richie. For this month's episode, Philippine X and Wellness presents Spinal Health with Dr. G, formerly known as Dr. Brian Gonzalez of Gonzalez Tactics. My name is Cheryl Sampson Ramirez. My chosen pronouns are she, her, sha. I'm ethnically Visayan and Chinese, currently streaming from the traditional territories and still living Tonva, Tongva and Kich people, colonially known as Los Angeles. Missing my co-host and social media strategist today, Kat, who was unable to join us for this episode. Rest up, Kat. Philippine X in Wellness's vision is to support the wellness of the Philippine X community through resource sharing, podcast streams, and partnerships with professionals and organizations in order to live healthier, happier, and more fulfilling lives. If you're not following us already, please feel free to follow us at Philippine X in Wellness with a P ending with an X in Wellness on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter via the handle at Philippine X, the letter N, the word well, followed by the letters N and S. We honor the safe space by asking everyone to speak and listen respectfully from your heart throughout our time together. This pre-recorded se pre session can be accessed through our Philippine X and Wellness YouTube channel and on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe and follow us. As always, we'll be sure to share any questions that you have sent us beforehand within our episode. Please keep in mind that anything that is discussed is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to be medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare practitioner for your particular condition, especially before starting any exercise or new health program. Philippine Action Wellness was formed to provide a dialogue around topics that affect the wellness of our community. We're here to also highlight Philippine X individuals and organizations that are actively doing wellness work. Without further ado, today's guest speaker is Dr. Brian Gonzalez. Brian Gonzalez is a 42-year-old Filipino-American male, and his preferred pronouns are he, him, sha. He was born in Manila, Philippines, and immigrated here with his immediate family when he was six years old. His passion is to help people of all ages attain health and wellness through using natural and holistic care through chiropractic. He has been in practice for 16 years in Norco, California, located in Riverside County. We would like to welcome to Philippine X and Wellness for the first time, Dr. Brian Gonzalez. Hey, Brian. Yes. How are you, Cheryl? Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being our guest for this month. Um, we're excited to talk to you about spinal health and learn more about what you do and how you can help service our community. So something that we always start off with in our episodes is asking our guests, where your family's from in the Philippines. I don't know if that's different from um, where you immigrated from. Um, so 
we'll ask you that. And then also where you're currently streaming from, if, in case that's different from um, also where you're practicing. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just wanted to um, make sure I got the information right. So I actually uh, spoke to my mom yesterday. So um, she told me she is from Pilar uh, Bataan, which is in Balanga City. And my dad is also from Balanga City, but he's from Bataan, which I guess but Balanga City is the capital of Bataan province. Um, so that's where they met when they were in high school. Um, and from there, obviously, they they uh, migrated to, like, I guess, Manila, where they worked, and that's where I was born. Nice. And then are you currently streaming from your office in Norco right now, or? I'm actually in uh, Harupa Valley, which is 10 minutes away, so it's still in Inland Empire, Riverside County. That's where I reside. Cool. So yeah. I believe you're the first guest on our podcast from the IE. Woo-woo. For if we have some yeah. listeners in the IE. Um, or the 909 area code. So shout out to our peeps out there. And Brian, actually, before we dive in, I'd like to ask that we take a moment of silence, a few breaths for two inspiring individuals in our community that recently um, transitioned, the late Wendell Pascual and Zaidal Jinky Paras Karachi, who both ended their battles with cancer in the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> There are uh, members of our community right now that are mourning their deaths or better said, honoring their lives and contributions to our community. Wendell was a well-loved creative, designer, selector, husband, father, is an art, father and arts curator. Jinky was the former mayor of Duarte, my hometown and the first Filipina American to hold the longest four consecutive terms in a municipal electoral position. So it wouldn't be a wellness podcast if we didn't hold space for their transitions. The positive medicine and energy they both brought while alive to all that they encountered and addressed the loss of their absence. So we'll take a, a brief moment of silence now for both Wendell and Jinky. All right. <clears throat> Thank you. Okay, now going, getting back to learning more about you, Brian. Being that you're a chiropractor and that the title of our episode is Spinal Health with Dr. G, can you explain to our listeners what type of clientele do you typically see? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's different variations and uh, of patients I see. Uh, Starting from my youngest patient right now is probably six months. And my oldest patient is probably in her mid 80s. I'm not too sure because she always tells me she's around 40. So there's different uh, categories of patients, obviously, from just your wellness patient, prevention care, where they just want to live a better quality of life from the day-to-day -day things that we do to our bodies, whether it's driving an hour on LA traffic or whatnot, or sitting at a desk for eight hours, um, or being a construction worker or police officer. Those are a lot of physical jobs that can take a toll on our bodies. And so for the most part, I see those patients as well as what you would call a personal injury patient uh, stemming from a car accident, a slip and fall, 
or what have you. So I see, I guess, a wide variety of patients in my office. You said your youngest was eight months? Yeah, six months. Six months. So what are you, um, um, how are you treating six-month-year-olds? I didn't think you would actually start off with that young of an age. I'm curious yes, to know. Well, yeah, most people, I guess, um, wouldn't think that. Uh, but for the most part, my, that my six-month-old uh, patient or baby or infant, uh, her her parents are believers of chiropractic. They've probably had chiropractic since they were also young. Their main concern for their baby is having colic. So colic is a condition that sometimes affects infants that have digestive issues, basically gas or bloating. And so what happens is they have discomforts, especially at night. So what happens when babies have discomfort since they can't speak is they cry. So they cry for hours and hours. And it would be frustrating for any parent to not be able to get some form of sleep. So what it is, is what I'm treating for is for adjusting a portion of the spine to release some of the nerves that go to just the digestive tract and all of that to release some tension. Um, for, for most people, they don't know the first birth of birth. The first trauma is actually birth trauma. So it is a traumatic event not for just the mom, but for also the infant, depending on the labor. Oh, I've never actually heard of chiropractors uh, treating colic. I've, I've known a couple of babies that had colic when they were born, but I've never heard anyone seeing a chiropractor to treat that. So this is the first time I've ever even, you know, heard of that modality being integrated into that young of an age with these types of conditions. Do you, yes. is this, is this often that you um, treat babies or infants? No, I wouldn't say often. I'd say often, I, I only yeah. have just a handful of, of uh, patients that are maybe under five. There are pediat pediatric chiropractors that would specialize in just babies and, and younger uh, uh, children. So um, I'm for the most part, I'm, I have a family practice. So I do see mainly adults. Um, uh -huh. so, yeah. What's your average um, age category that you see of the patients that you're treating? Oh, I would say 30 to 50. Like that's a good range. They're usually like young adults to mid middle age patients. Yeah, I'm still tripping out. I, I didn't know that actually when you work on the spot, that it could also, it's correlated to like the digestive system too. So that yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to hear more about that. <laughs> but sure. definitely uh, as we get to know you, Ryan, we'd love to learn more about your personal journey and what events led you to pursue this like career path. So uh, were you like all of a sudden like, oh, I just want to crack back someday <laughs> or was there like a specific event that influenced you in wanting to become a chiropractor? Yeah, no, pretty much. I just wanted to crack backs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Step on backs, <laughs> like getting his yeah. massage. <laughs> and, exactly. No, uh, for, for the most part, I guess I can, a lot of uh, Filipino or Asian American uh, young adults can, can, um, can uh, view this as far as um, they can relate because 
my parents, like growing up, they they told me, I mean, my only choices of professions is either being a doctor, uh, an engineer, or a, a lawyer. So they that was ingrained to my head. Uh, obviously, it just worked out for them and myself. I I wanted to always be in the health field, and it was just a passion of mine because I felt like I could help people in that regard uh, with yeah. their health. I just didn't uh, view, I guess, your traditional Western medicine as the right aspect to get that health and wellness uh, to them. So I didn't believe in medications and I guess your traditional, what you would consider a traditional doctor would be. So mm -hmm. I did a lot of my research um, and my oldest sister actually is a chiropractor too. So oh, what happened cool. was when she... When she started, you know, researching different uh, health care fields, she she told me about chiropractic and we both kind of, you know, fell in love with it. And that's pretty much where it started. Well, I guess your parents looked out that they, you fulfilled their desire in becoming <laughs> a, some sort of a doctor, right? That's, Maybe. That's right. That's right. So what was it that um, after you said you were uh, your sister was telling you about chiropractic, uh, what was it about the field that drew you in? I guess like the approach of what the basis of chiropractic is for prevention and mm -hmm. natural healing. So I guess using non-surgical, non-medication to mm -hmm. try to prevent and treat disease. Uh, the, the main focus of chiropractic is prevention. So what I tell my patients all the time is it's easier to prevent a problem or condition as opposed to treating a disease. So prevention is always key and we're always told to do preventative measures, but what does that entail? Because there's no preventative drug to prevent cancer, arthritis, uh, diabetes, only through natural ways, obviously health, diet, yeah. uh, exercise, and all of those things. But what what about family history, genetic mm. issues that can arise? Um, so chiropractic, yeah. I guess, unlocks the body's natural way to heal and mm -hmm. to be aligned so our nervous system works optimally. So I feel that's just kind of how... I felt it was a really cool thing to where if I can unlock those restrictions in the spine, which in turn turns on the nervous system to heal, then mm. that would be something I'd want to do. So I think it's interesting that you talk about chiropractic being a more preventative care, because I think a lot of like folks in our community aren't used to that type of approach when it comes to healthcare, right? I think most of the time, or even outside of our community, most of the time people see medical practitioners when there's something like wrong already. So it's it's really, um, actually I'd like to know a little bit more, how do you get um, people to see you and definitely utilize your chiropractic practice when um, you're pitching more of a, like a preventative way of healing? Yeah, so for the most part, like I was saying, patients come in with some type of symptom, whether it's okay. like neck pain or headaches, right? Or 
low back pain or sciatic pain where they have pain down the leg or something of that nature. Yeah. But there are some that come in for just preventative reasons. And if they don't, what I normally do in my office, at least, is I do a thorough exam first after filling out their health questionnaire. I go uh -huh. over some of the uh, medical issues that they've had in the past and just kind of get an idea of what we're dealing with. And from there, we take uh, digital x-rays to determine what structural issues that might be there that might not be translating to a problem yet. So I guess what I'm saying is the biggest thing I feel in, in general for healthcare, mm -hmm. especially in the United States, and I'm, I'm guessing in everywhere, is patient education. Uh, patient education is key to not only explaining why, the why that they have to come in, but also the reason behind what they need to do as far as lifestyle changes. So what I do is after doing all of that, I sit down with them and explain mm -hmm. to them my findings as far as the x-ray. And I explain to them the correlation between the spinal misalignments, the postural issues that I see on x-ray that can translate into not just symptoms now, but them symptoms that might arise in the near future. And so once I get that across, usually something that they understand and they want to continue um, for preventative reasons. Okay. So for those of our listeners that have never seen a chiropractor before and maybe um, never like thought about how, like when they would see a chiropractor, what are some of those symptoms that maybe a pa one of your patients or some of your patients would experience that would be like a cause of either concern or a need to see someone like a chiropractor like yourself? Like what are some of those like identifying symptoms that someone would experience? Right. I, I mean, it could be as, as, uh, as normal as what they call just tension headaches, right? Uh, Stress-related headaches or neck pain due to what they do for a living. Obviously, there are some serious ones that I would I would probably, that's why I do x-rays to try to determine is, are they in the right place or do I have to refer them out to another specialist? Mm -hmm. uh, so chiropractors, if um, most people probably don't know, we're primary care providers. So we can actually be somebody's primary care doctor, uh, at least. Different states have different, uh, I guess, uh, guidelines. But in California, you can have your chiropractor as your primary care provider uh -huh. to where there are some, and we can based on this and uh, some other uh, in the, in the uh, a couple of minutes from now, they come in for nutritional uh, uh, issues as, as far as like just your immune system and uh, all of that stuff. So... I guess what I'm saying is uh, chiropractors can treat, I guess, a varying different symptoms, but for the most part, it's just trying to unlock the body's potential to heal. That's what chiropractors, I guess, in general do. Okay. And you were saying that when, when you make adjustments to the spine or corrections, maybe would be a better word to the spine, then it allows the body to naturally heal itself. So what is like the correlation between uh, the spine and um, other parts of the body? How, if you can maybe elaborate more about that. 
Yeah. So, so the spine, uh, the spine holds the nervous system, which is technically the brain, the network of our body. So the nerves would control the obviously muscles, soft tissue, but also organs. So it's kind of like a computer. Our bodies are basically a computer. It's a network of nerves and uh, nerve endings. So if there is a interference in, let's say, I don't know, that a nerve that goes to, let's say, the heart valves, some some patients would have, not saying they're going to have a heart attack, but they're going to have, let's say, heart palpitations or mm-hmm. just in general, something wrong with that organ because it's not getting the right signals from the brain because there's mm-hmm. an interference from the spine or the source that's pinching it or impinging to that organ. So that's just one, one example. Um, i also say this, the first actually chiropractic adjustment uh, that was done, uh, it was for somebody who was deaf. So mm. they were deaf in one ear and uh, the uh, chiropractor adjusted the, an upper cervical or what's called the upper part of the neck that controlled uh-huh. the eyes, ears, nose, and throat. And he had he restored his hearing. I mean, that's a very huge finding. I mean, I think that was that's actually what chiropractic adjustments were born, was that first adjustment. Wow. I see. So you were also mentioning earlier that chiropractors can be someone's primary care physician. Or is that was that correct? Yes, correct. So if someone, I know you, we mentioned in your bio that you have your own clinic. So if someone were to see you for chiropractic services or uh, would they go through like an HMO? Would they need a PPO? How, how would they be able to uh, pay for their services through your clinic? My clinic specifically, I do take insurance, but it's only uh, through a PPO uh, network. HMOs require you to be in network, which I'm out of network. And one of the reasons is because a lot of insurance companies, which most people know, their insurances don't cover certain things that they need. So insurance or health insurance in general, to me, is more of just like an umbrella so it's major, it's mostly used in which everyone should have medical insurance. It's used for major medical or severe conditions. If you need uh, surgery, that's going to save your life. Uh, if you get in a huge accident and you're in the ER, you, you're going to want health insurance because that's going to be a debilitating financial position for somebody. Um, but re- as far as prevention and maintenance care, a lot of insurances whether it's an HMO or PPO, they don't really cover what exactly each specific person needs. Um, but mm-hmm. in, for the most part, I do I do take PPO. I don't take HMO. And most of my patients are, are what's called our cash patients. Um, they don't mind paying for a service that they know is beneficial to them. Uh, and that's really what I try to you know, preach as far as chiropractic is not, I guess, a treatment more, it's more like a a lifestyle change. You know, it's kind of like working out. Uh, That's the first analogy I give my patients is, you know, most people understand they want to lose weight, right? Most people want to lose weight. 
but they don't want to do the the work. They they want a magic pill to to take that will help them lose weight and they still can eat lechon kawali and uh, <laughs> you know all of the bad stuff or I guess the good <laughs> the good food, but it's not good for you. Yeah. Uh, so they understand that if they want to lose weight, they probably have to work out. How often? It depends on how much results they have. So for the most part, I tell them, look, like chiropractic can help. But as far as once you're already to where you want to be, you have to maintain that, right? Just like weight loss. You don't just lose 30 pounds and then stop going to the gym and, and eating bad. Right? You just got to maintain it. Right. And you're saying that there are also some conditions maybe that you'll refer out. So yes. what what types of conditions like do you refer out? Well, I've actually unfortunately have have ran into a couple, you know, health issues for patients. Uh, I've diagnosed some bone tumors that were not diagnosed. So unfortunately, they were already to a phase where obviously I can't help them. So that's why I feel it's important to do a thorough exam. Uh, and it takes me, what, five minutes to take an x-ray, which I feel it's like pulling teeth for people, even if they have insurance. When they go to the regular doctor, they tell them their symptoms, and all it is is they just get written a prescription for whatever symptom. There's no real like, okay, let's find out why you're having the pain or the symptoms. It's just more like, well, let me give you this drug, and then hopefully that will help, right? So. Unfortunately, some of the things I've seen, I, I've diagnosed somebody with cancer. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess, the one major issue. Uh, another one, obviously, would be a spinal cord injury where they're having already pain down the leg. They, this person probably Googled something and they thought they had just what's called sciatica, uh, mm -hmm. which most people kind of know because you can look up on WebMD. And a lot of people do that. I think, especially in our community, uh, they like yeah. to self-diagnose, right? They look online and then they plug in their symptoms and then things pop up uh, <laughs> and they think that's what they have. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I had a person that thought they had that and it was something more serious. So I told mm. them they should probably go see their regular doctor because unfortunately, chiropractic is not going to help them. Oh gosh, yeah, I know so many people in um fam I know family members that do that and all of a sudden and friends and all of a sudden they're in this state of panic because of what WebMD told them. And I usually am telling them, No, maybe you should see a professional that has education and training in this because I don't think it's always the best idea, like or good to self diagnose yourself on from what WebMD is telling you. So yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that happens more frequently than we'd like to admit or than we'd like to, you know, experience, I'm sure. Going back to our conversation, Brian, the first chiropractor that I saw was the late Dr. Victor Shibata. So rest in peace. He was an amazing chiropractor, Japanese-American activist, but he also practiced acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. And I was initially referred to him actually because I had eczema outbreaks that he said were stress-induced. And it just so happened that I also had a mild form of scoliosis that had developed in high school. So he was able to treat that. And then another, I know another chiropractor, 
I saw after getting uh, rear-ended in a car accident was able to test me ener energetically and identify which parts of my spine needed to be adjusted with slight pressure and without the traditional back cracking methods that most people are used to when they see chiropractors. So from these experiences, I, I learned that there were there was multiple modalities that a chiropractor could specialize in. Can you talk about the different specialties that are out there for chiropractors and and which one do you, which ones do you specialize in yourself? Yes, I believe um, the the beauty of chiropractic, at least as a profession, is there's different techniques in that in the field. So if you see five chiropractors within, let's say, a mile radius, all five would probably have a different approach as far as treatment. So you would get one that's what's called a subluxation or straight chiropractor, which only believe in adjusting the spine and restrictions to free up whatever symptom they're having. Uh, there are also what's called your energy or what's uh, your applied kinesiology chiropractors or AK. It's actually used in different other healthcare providers that use muscle testing to determine what weaknesses are in the body and supplementing it with specific nutritional supplements that they would use. So I've been blessed to, I guess, be part of different providers and, and practitioners that have have that as an associate. So I've taken little bits and pieces from those. I wouldn't say I would do all muscle testing or all just adjusting. It just really depends on what the patient presents with and what I feel I can help them. Uh, there are also chiropractors that do a non-forcer. They don't really do any adjusting. They just kind of free up the energy or the bad energy uh, with, with specific treatments uh, or, or what's called a non-force adjustment. So there's definitely a lot. There's probably 200 techniques actually in the chiropractic profession. Um, that makes it great, but but the downfall to that is there, there's no unity in the chiropractic profession. So although mm. we are about 100 years old as far as the profession, it's hard to advance as fast as possible because there's some chiropractors saying their technique is better than the other. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, really. In oh, interesting. Yeah. So do you find that it's more competitive than collaborative? Yeah, it's, <clears throat> at some points it is. And, and that's uh -huh. the reason, like I say, is there's different thought processes and treatment modalities. So they feel like, okay, well, that chiropractor didn't help you with his technique. I can do this and this is better. So it's just kind of, you know, I wish there was more unity in the profession to where there's no bashing in the profession, but just yeah. accept the fact that you can't or nobody can help 100% of everyone, right? Uh, so that's really what it is uh, in the profession. It sounds like your dog would agree. <laughs> so <That's right. laughs> so I, I just wanted to circle back, actually. I, I just got had a thought about you were saying um talking about medication so do chiropractors not work with um pharmacists or do, do you not prescribe medication correct we we do we cannot through our license uh we cannot prescribe medication and we cannot um 
puncture the skin to where they bleed, uh, unless we're an acupuncturist as well, because there are chiropractors have, that have a dual license that yeah. are acupuncturist slash chiropractor, which I think you were mentioning you had experience. Yeah, with. got it. So, so if someone is seeking medication and a chiropractor, that doesn't necessarily go hand in hand. Well, I mean, not necessarily. I, I would just, I'm not against medication. I, right. I know there are some chiropractors, like I said, they're, they're more, I guess you would call old school, traditional or straight chiropractors that, that feel like a chiropractic adjustment is the end all be all and it can treat every condition. Uh, I'm not that like straight edge with that chiropractic. Uh, they right. call it more modern or medipractors where I believe in there's a time and place for some drugs and surgery. I, I have patients that have had surgery uh, and I try to help mitigate some of the symptoms even after the surgery. So I'm not against it because I know that at some point I can't help everyone. Uh, if they have to take uh, some type of medication in conjunction with my treatment, that's totally fine. And I feel like that mindset makes it easier for other medical specialists to refer and co-manage their treat their patients with me. Uh, I do get referrals from neurologists and pain management doctors that normally wouldn't refer their patients to chiropractors. Hmm. Yeah. Got it. Thank you for all of that. So we are at our first half of the episode and we're grateful to have you, Brian, to talk to our community about spinal health. This has been an informative first half so far, just talking with you. Thank you all for joining us for season two of Philippine X and Wellness. We're talking with Dr. Brian Gonzalez, chiropractor of, of Gonzalez Chiropractic in Norco, California, Riverside County. Please stay tuned. Feel free to take a quick stretch, refill your water or tea. We'll be right back after this quick
Welcome back to Philippine Exxon Wellness. You were just listening to Block Rockin' by Aaron Woes Martin, a mixtape track over Pete Rock's classic, The Creator, that was created during Pow Wow Hawaii 2017. You can, la- you can learn more about Woes' music, artwork, collaborations, and projects by following him on Instagram at Woes, W-O-E-S, or at The Boom Bap Kid. That's right, Woes is the mastermind behind the famous Boom Bap Kids. If you haven't checked them out um, yet, you'll like them. They're pretty much like the Muppets meets hip hop. Follow them on Twitter or on Instagram. If you're not already, you're in for a treat. Returning from our break, we've been talking with Dr. Brian Gonzalez of Gonzalez Chiropractic about spinal health. All right, Brian, so, Right before the break, we asked you about the different specialties within your field. Let's hone in more on our title of spinal health. Why do you think our Philippinex community should be concerned with their spinal health in particular? And are there medical conditions related to the spine that our community should be concerned with that are that you know they might be prone to, like diabetes, high blood pressure, gout, or do you think it's different when it comes to looking at spinal health within our community? Yes, uh, I believe uh, the Asian American Philippine community, they suffer from postural imbalances. For the most part, it's usually in the mid to upper back, at least from my experience, since I do take x-rays on almost every patient. So for the mid back, between your shoulder blades, that's called your thoracic spine uh, in medical terminology. And what it's supposed to have, it's supposed to have a 35 degree curve. And what I find is a lot of Asian American patients that I have, have straightening of that curvature. So what happens with that is it becomes what's called a sway back and it causes other issues in the lower back to happen. So for the most part, I do see a lot of what's called a sway back or straightening of the thoracic spine in my Asian American population. Um, How does that correlate to other conditions? Well, usually like for the most part, I see a lot of the elderly, they have what's called osteopenia, which is a precursor to osteoporosis. So most people have heard of that term. It's thinning of the bones, obviously becoming more fragile. So somebody who's elderly, you want to make sure that they supplement with certain things because osteoporosis can lead to more hip fractures or just fractures in general in the in the body. Do you think that um, there's something genetic or um, there are certain activities experienced within the Philippine X community or the Asian American community that, that contribute to this commonality of, of what you're seeing within the spine and the thoracic area, as you were mentioning? Yeah, I think culturally, uh, just speaking from, you know, being a Filipino American, a lot of it does come from genetic factors, right? So there's also that aspect of genetically you're predisposed to hypertension, uh, 
diabetes, high cholesterol, due to our diet, we do eat a lot of rice, right? White rice for that matter, as well as fried food, right? A lot of pork, a lot of, and it's also high in sodium. So those three are not a good combination. If it's high carb, high fat and high sodium diet, you're gonna get the trifecta, which is diabetes, high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, to be to be conscious of your diet and lifestyle, uh, that it, it's, it's okay in moderation. I always tell patients all the time, I'm not trying to preach that I have a 100% vegan, um, <laughs> no meat and no fried food diet. Uh, I always tell them 80-20. So 80% of the time you want to behave. And then 20% you want, you can splurge a little. I think, you know, just, it's just hard to just eat 100% clean. And just for our cultural uh, perspective, that's, that's usually the case. We eat rice with every meal. Uh, so that's tough to do and try to lessen. But I feel for overall health in the Asian American Filipino community, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be beneficial for you, even though you're predisposed to some of those things from your family history. I hope we're not losing some of our listeners right now. They're like, what do you mean? No white rice or no koali? <laughs> or I have to cut back on that? <laughs> yeah, just cut back. Not not, not uh, completely get rid of. I mean, obviously, unless you want to. But I think for the most part, it's it's because at some point, you know, nobody gets younger, right? So you got to think of our bodies as like, let's say a car, right? Uh, if we don't take care of our car, it's going to break down. Uh, the right. problem is a car you can always replace, right? A bo or your body, you only get one. So you just have to be good to it uh, and, and just make better decisions, especially as you get older, because at some point you're, gonna, you're going to get forced to give up everything you like to eat, right? Or, or do. So it's just really up to you. And that's really the choice that people is given every... Uh, so. Yeah. Brian, I wanted to actually ask you if you've ever heard of Hilot, because I'm sure that some of our community members that might be listening might be wondering if there is a relationship between Hilot, like body work in the Philippines and chiropractic work. Are you familiar with that practice in the Philippines or ha have you had any like titos or, you know, titas that have like asked you if you're practicing Hilot professionally? Right. No, I do get that a lot. And and I, I've known that um, definitely existed. And I think it's it's great. I, I feel like Hilot and chiropractic actually have way more in common than, let's say, your regular Western medicine. Uh, it's been around for longer than your traditional Western medicine, just like acupuncture, just like natural healing. Right. And so I'm definitely in tune with that. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a Hilot practitioner, uh, but definitely some of the things that they incorporate with just healing is, is in line with some of the things I do. And it's really the basis of it in general is just utilizing the body's uh, mechanism to heal and trying to unlock the body's potential. Uh, and it's due to just energy. And so it's, it's also about energy work as well. So finding like 
the negative energy and trying to, you know, get rid of that through touch. Because if you believe that everybody has energy and we actually have energy uh, and we could translate it into a positive thing or a negative thing, then you would believe in those practices. I wanted to ask, um, with regards to spinal health, what are some preventative measures or exercises we can take to protect or improve the general health of our spines? Is it as simple as going to a yoga class, taking breaks at work to walk around or to stretch or sitting properly in an office chair? Um, like what advice or exercises can you recommend to help our listeners take better care of their spines? Yeah, so I have a general exercise program that I tell some patients to do. And for the most part, a lot of the you know population, whether it's uh, Asian American or Filipino American, most of us have the same issues. And it's actually, it's a new diagnosis now. It's called tech neck or technology neck. So what that means is somebody who has, uh, their, they hold their head forward right? Due to looking at their cell phones eight hours a day, uh, working in front of a computer, or even just driving two hours to commute like uh, five days a week. So what I tell patients all the time is because I see that on x-ray is it can translate into neck issues, headaches, and all these other things. So for the most part, I tell them as far as exercise go, I have them pretty much go on the wall and what I do is I just try to have them tuck in their chin, like they're giving themselves a double chin, and pretend there's a, a balloon string that's pulling your head, the top of your head, up and back. And what I tell them to do is do that for 10-second holds, and then relax, and do it 10 repetitions, and then work your way up to about a 30-second hold. So that's what's called uh, mirror image exercises for somebody with what's called a tech neck. Uh, for the low back in the back in the backyard oh yeah exactly so if you're giving yourself a double chin or you you feel like you're giving yourself a double chin you're doing it correctly okay um i also have them retract their shoulder blades or what's called your scapulas um it's called scapular kisses so what you do is between like your shoulder blades you want to try to kiss them together and hold that and do it for 10 second holds 10 repetitions as well so those are things that anybody can do. You don't need to go to obviously yoga. Yoga is great. Uh, I feel it's good for everyone just for flexibility purposes uh, and core strengthening. Were you saying something for the lower back that you would recommend? Yeah, for the lower back, I tell patients all the time that it's more for most people with low back problems, they, they feel like they have a weak core. So they, they go out and get a trainer, right? Or they go to the gym and they try to do crunches because they think it's that's the problem. And um, for the most part, I see a different different uh, approach. I, I actually see not a weakness, but an instability problem. So what I tell patients all the time is instead of doing dynamic core workout, like crunches or sit-ups, I tell them to do static ones. And static is meaning you're holding a position. So like a plank, right? Most people know what a plank is, whether it's a forearm plank or a full plank, um, side bridges for your obliques and supermans for your lower back. Uh, for the most part, people having low back problems is an instability, 
not a weakness, even though they feel like, you know, nobody, not everyone has a six pack and you don't need a six pack to, to have your back right. It's just working on your stabilizing muscles, which static exercises like planks and bridges can help. So there you all go. Proof that you don't need to keep up with your crunches. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's so funny. When you were talking about tech neck earlier, I was like, oh, is that what you call the wrinkles on my neck or is that aging? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for those exercises. I'm sure um, our listeners can benefit from, you said, like even those um, plank. Um, what are side bridges? Are those different from side planks? Yeah, it's 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 uh it's it's the same thing, but you call it a side bridge or a bridge. Um, those are pretty tough. I mean, I tell patients with obviously low back problems, they're gonna have to work their way up, right? People want to hold a plank for a minute. Most people can't do it for ten seconds, at least correctly. So obviously, form is is important, right? I tell them to start with ten second holds, relax, and then do it again, and re repeat it until they can hold it for a minute without them dropping or or hurting their back more so it's it's definitely something i have them show me how to do it so that i know i they do it they're doing it correctly yeah and supermans how would you explain so, that to folks so supermans are you're on you're laying flat on your stomach and your hands uh are are above your head and what you want to do is just lift up your back and you're just going to hold that like you're flying like a yeah. Like Superman. Yeah. Some people do it on those uh, inflatable balls, those exercise balls. You don't need that. You can just do it on the floor. Uh, so you're working those lower back muscles and your glutes actually for that, which actually help your whole back, uh, your low back. I'm sorry. And do you recommend that people just look up a YouTube video to learn how to do these correctly? Or should they see a, a a practitioner such as yourself to, to be able to do these exercises correctly? I mean, I feel, I feel it's, they can definitely look everything you can find on YouTube now, right. Or Google, yeah. uh, you know, you can search up those exercises. I feel like that's uh, in, in uh, it's good to do that, but also to maybe seek um, a professional opinion and, and get an evaluation if it's truly concerning to them, uh, from there, you could determine what type of exercise is specific to each patient is better. And I know so this comes up a lot, too, uh, in the health community or maybe just in the community in general. How would you differentiate be between someone seeing a chiropractor as yourself versus a, a physical therapist? Because I know that you do similar work. And sometimes I've heard that the professions are competitive in itself. Yeah, I mean, physical therapists, they do a good job at uh, muscle conditioning and stretching and strengthening. Uh, for the most part, physical therapy uh, deals with just mobilization and stretching, where which they technically can't manipulate or actually move a segment or joint, which is the bread and butter of chiropractic. I know there are doctorate programs in physical therapy now that they're showing physical therapists to manipulate or adjust. Um, but in essence, most people that know they need an adjustment, they don't go to their PT, they go to their chiropractor. But I feel like we both professions could work synergistically 
with each other because I don't have enough time to stretch all of my patients for 10 minutes and show them these exercises and whatnot. So having a practice where you can actually have a physical therapist and a chiropractor working together would benefit the patient just in as a whole. So I, I'm, I'm all for it. Are there other um, practitioners that you also um, work with collaborative, collaboratively? You mentioned that you receive sometimes referrals from neurologists or doctors that maybe prescribe pain medication. Are there other practitioners that you also commonly work with? Uh, acupuncturists primarily also. I, I like to refer to acupuncturists uh, for my very uh, you know, hard cases and challenging patients. I feel like they can do just an added benefit to those patients. Uh, so I, I obviously I do refer to sometimes, like I said, uh, pain management or orthopedic doctors if it is a severe case and I know chiropractic is just not the right treatment plan for them. Um, so that's what I feel like. It's, it's good to know exactly what the patient needs as opposed to just trying to treat everything. Uh, right. So that's really what I try to be, even though I'm not all of my patients' primary care physician. Uh, I try to guide them and find the solution for their problem. If it's not me, I'll try to find it for some or uh, for another profession. Got it. Now, for members of our community that are looking for workshops or resources to improve their spinal health, either in your area or region, um, what are some resources or upcoming workshops that you might be able to share with us? Yeah, I normally, I usually have done uh, corporate wellness talks and whatnot. And sometimes they are recorded. It's just with COVID, uh, it's just kind of slowed down that that process for us. Uh, so, uh, in the future, in the near future, hopefully, I can have some on our website that where they can. Just click on some links and we can have just general uh, wellness tips and whatnot that they can they can view if they can't come to the office or it's too far for them. Okay. And then if, if they're not living in Riverside County or the Inland Empire, but uh, we have listeners that are looking for a chiropractor, maybe after listening to this episode, are there um, organizations, directories, or individuals that you might want to plug or shout out on this episode? Uh, specifically, I, I do have some colleagues that that practice. Uh, one's in West Covina, um, it's and one's in Rancho Cucamonga. Um, but for the most part, I feel like uh, what I do as far as technique, it's called uh, chiropractic biophysics. So. What they can do if they want to go to a chiropractor that does the similar techniques as me, they can go to idealspine.com and actually look for a doctor that does corrective care and preventative uh, maintenance. And that's idealspine, I-D-E-A-L spine.com? Correct. Okay. All right. And then maybe if... We have like listeners that are out of state or out of the country. Are there any other directories that they can refer to to find something in their area? Um, actually, Ideal Spine is uh, throughout the whole country. There's doctors that practice that in different states. As far as different countries, I'm not too sure. Okay, and your your licensure is is it like a state licensure or? 
Yes, I, I'm licensed to practice in California. It does not. I, I have there's different boards for different states. Um, so I, I, I definitely can't practice in like East Coast unless I take the New York or let's say, you know, um, main uh, licensing. And are, do, are you are people able to see you virtually or do they need to come in physically to get the assessments and yeah, I, I feel like I definitely, definitely in person uh, when COVID, when COVID started, uh, you know, I, I definitely couldn't see some of my patients that were afraid to come in. Right. And I, and I respect that some people didn't want to leave their house. And I, that's the one thing chiropractic, it's hard for me to treat somebody through Zoom or on the phone um, or even do an evaluation for that matter, just because uh, things are just more like, um, you know, hands-on based. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that we always like to ask Brian before we close is what are your own wellness practices? Um, what do you do for self-care that might be inspirational for our listeners when you're not actively treating clients? Um, you, you, um, in your original bio that you sent me, there were a couple of things, but maybe you could take this opportunity to share that with our listeners now. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like every, everyone needs, uh, to find what helps them de-stress and, and it's not the same for everyone. Right. Um, I'm like for myself, some people like to read. I, I unfortunately don't like to read books. <laughs> I've done a lot of reading through school and I don't do it leisurely, but some people just to open up a book or a tablet and just read their favorite novel helps them just kind of unwind the mind, right? It's good for mental health. Uh, some people like to run or, or work out um, or play tennis. Uh, for myself, I, I, I do like to play sports. I used to play a lot of basketball and tennis. Um, basketball is just a little bit more um, hard for the body, you know, as we age. Uh, so, you know, tennis is good. Golf, I like to play. And I actually picked up running uh, through COVID. I never really liked to to run other than if I was playing sports. But just running, it, just running um, by yourself and listening to your favorite, you know, jam and just uh, like, you know, clearing the mind. I felt like it was a good thing for me to do. Um, Obviously, watching sports. I mean, those are things you can do, or like I said, yoga or exercise. I feel like the mind and body connection is very strong. So, a lot of people who are stressed out because that's, you know, it's part of life, right? Uh, stress is part of life, and we can't really control some of the stresses. It's just how we handle them. You mean you're not like dunking over our heads anymore, Brian? Or are you running? <laughs> are you running the Backstreet Boys? <laughs> No, in sync, not Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I I, uh, I passed my boy band phase, although it is coming back, I think. So, I mean, I might bring it out sometime. We'll see. Watch out, BTS. <laughs> um, that's right. Five for you is coming. <laughs> so as we begin to close, how can our listeners find you if they have additional questions after this episode? They can contact our office directly. I have... Um, a website that they can actually ask questions, message me, and usually I, I respond pretty quickly, like within 24 hours. I don't know if that's something I need to give right now, or you can 
Yeah, sure. Um, go ahead and share your website URL. Yes, it's um, Dr. Dr. Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Gonzalez, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-S.com. So drbriangonzalez.com. And they could find, you know, just information about myself, my practice, and uh, they can actually uh, message us through there. If they have any specific questions, our office number is 951-805-3077, which they can also get a hold of me too. And that's Gonzalez with an S at the end, not a Z, correct? Correct. I, <laughs> that is correct. And then they could find you also on social media if, if folks want to follow. Yes. Uh, on Facebook and Instagram, it's the same uh, handle. It's Gonzalez Chiropractic. Uh, they can just find other things there. There's different discounts or offers that sometimes pop up. So they can kind of take a look at that. Okay. And that's Gonzalez, G-O-N-Z, as in Zebra, A-L-E-S, Chiropractic, I-C at the end of Chiropractic. Correct. Thank you, Brian, for talking to our community about spinal health. We're so grateful to have you in our space and we're excited to witness how your journey continues to unfold and are here to support you as your new Philippine ex and wellness family. Thank you for so, having me. And to our listeners, look out for our okay. next session that we will air next month on Wednesday, August 17th. We will be featuring Adrian Harbuda, known in the dance community as Ace of Master Movements Crew and Bea Nasaka of Philippine All-Stars, who will talk to our community about breakdancing and wellness. As we close, we close, we'd like to say thank you to our guest speaker, Dr. Brian Gonzalez of Gonzalez Chiropractic, located in Norco, California, Riverside County, our social media strategist, Kathleen Torrio, our co-sponsor, SoCal Filipinos, our designer and beat maker, Richie, for your consent to use your tracks in our show, Aaron Woes Martin, for his track block rockin' that you heard during our break, our advisors, Allison De La Cruz, Rian De Los Reyes, and Safo Teologo, our community partners, this Filipino American Life and Trek Table, and all of our community members for your shares and contributions. As always, we'll share more about our guest speakers' offerings on our Instagram stories and highlights for permanent access with his upcoming events. Be sure to follow us at Philippine X and Wellness on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, and on Twitter at Philippine X, the letter N, well, followed by the letters N and S. Don't forget to continue to hit the subscribe button on our Philippine X and Wellness YouTube channel or the follow button on Apple Podcasts. Thank you always to our supporters. Have a good one, everyone. Continue to take care of yourselves and each other. Durugid nga salamat.